0: It's gotten very weird and awkward between Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome in to the Monday edition of the TDN Daily podcast. Chris Schubert back with you here once again on the show. Hope you are all having a fantastic start to your week a fantastic start to your Monday, uh, and we have an interesting one. I don't know if it's going to be a fun one. We have an interesting one, and in a week in which we are going to have actual football later this week, and we can finally feel things starting to turn towards the season beginning, and we had this big plan of a J.J. McCarthy breakdown here on the show today. The Jonathan Taylor situation emerged throughout the weekend. The trade request, the back and forth between Jonathan Taylor, his agent, Jim Ursay, the Colts, everything that has occurred over the last couple of days uh, has kind of gone front and center in the NFL world. And so that is going to be our focus here today. We plan on getting back to our regularly scheduled prospect breakdowns tomorrow. We'll actually do back-to-back Tuesday and Wednesday this week, but felt like this was too big of a story uh, to not discuss here on the show to share my thoughts, get your thoughts here as well in the live YouTube chat, and we can have this conversation. And when trying to figure out What to do here and how to phrase and frame this conversation. I thought it would be important to pick a starting point of where we think things started to turn. In the athletic, I have the story up on the other other screen. They go through a timeline of how we got to this point. They talk about you know Shane Steichen getting hired and comments made by Chris Ballard at the at the draft and at the combine, all that stuff. That doesn't feel to me at the the moment in which this turned. I think if you wanted to pick a non-Colts moment for when this turned and when this became a sour situation in Indianapolis, I think you need to look at the situations that played out with Saquon Barkley and currently still playing out with Josh Jacobs and the Las Vegas Raiders. That is when, at least nationally, at least on a big stage, in a big picture context, we started discussing again. And there have always been rumblings, there have always been brief pockets of time in which you've had this conversation, but the idea of the running back market being underpaid and not getting um, fair value or not getting dollars at a proportionate level compared to other positions in the National Football League, that became a very, very real conversation, I would say, within the last four weeks or so. And so then you add that as the starting off point, and I'm going to read you two quotes. I'm going to read you a quote that was made on July 25th, so not that far ago, not that, not that far back in, in the timeline, from Chris Ballard on the running back market, again, after everything that's gone down with Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. Quote, I mean, look, the market is what the market is, but saying that, like I've always told y'all, you pay good players. You pay guys that are going to help you win regardless of the position. We think very highly of Jonathan. Unfortunately, we didn't have a great season as a team, and he's coming off the injury, but Jonathan is a great player and he's a great person. So I think that will play out over time and work out the way it should either way. End quote. So you've got that quote. That doesn't scream to me like somebody that's not interested in having Jonathan Taylor back. That doesn't scream to me somebody that's, that is that okay, is okay moving on from Jonathan Taylor and just resetting at the position. But, but... We, I can see it in the chat. Helby says, I'm glad the Colts are, more, are finally more hesitant to play less valuable positions. Raul says, "And our resident Colts fan Raul here on the show, says, to be honest, I would have been willing to pay JT, but apparently his people are asking for money that not only the Colts would not afford, but no other team. Um, and there have been reports of, of the number being close to $16 million a season, um, which would be atop a uh, the market, beating the current number. And I will tell you what the current number here is in a second. Um, I'll pull it up to give you the exact figure. Uh, on the top running back position per year. Uh, Christian McCaffrey got $16.015 million per uh, on a per average. So it would put him in that tier. And when McCaffrey signed his deal, it was four-year, $64 million contract extension with the Panthers uh, back in 2020. Uh, Heldy says, I think it's a matter of the team wanting to exercise patience with the new system and injuries all the while the running backs are done with being patient, understandably so. Yes, so, okay. So that's Chris Ballard making comments. And then again, truly where I think this became a cult problem is the Jim Irsay tweet. The first Jim Ursay tweet that we talked about here on this show in which he talked about negotiating the CBA talked about, you know, negotiated in good faith. Now the agents are selling bad faith. And we talked about it on this show, not the messenger for that message that coming from Jim Ursay, you, you, the, the alarm bells go off and you ask yourself, is there something nefarious? If, is is this him is something else going on behind the scenes we asked that question here on the show that was back in the, five days ago which feels like an eternity ago in this situation so you have that you have the response from an Ian Rappaport tweet that said hope the relationship can get fixed that says i doubt it and we thought oh that's bad we and that's where we thought the new rock bottom was in this situation and then We have the one-on-one meeting that occurred, and then it felt like it was the result of that one-on-one meeting because it came out after the fact of that one-on-one meeting concluding that Jonathan Taylor has requested a trade. We then find out that it was actually a trade request from a couple of days ago because they have not exchanged numbers. They have not had talks on a contract extension. And then from that point, from the requesting of the trade, we found out the the not passing the physical, being placed on the pup list, the, the cult potentially going down the path of putting him on the, the non-football injury list, the NFI list, which would then allow them to not pay him and he wouldn't accrue a season. And it has just gotten very, very ugly very, very quickly within the last, I would say, 48 hours or so. So now we sit here on July 31st with all of the information that I just shared, and we now need to chart a course forward. We need to see what this is going to look like. And right now, as we sit in the middle of this, we are in the middle of this situation right now between Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts. As we sit right now, this is a high-stakes game of chicken that both sides are playing. Both sides are pushing each other to the brink. You may think it's fair that Jonathan Taylor's doing that. You may also think it's reasonable that the Colts are doing that because they don't want to pay the $60 million. I'm not even going to weigh in on the reasonability of both sides. But both sides are playing a high-stakes game of chicken. You have Jonathan Taylor reportedly asking for $60 million a season. You have the Colts saying... We're not going to do that. We're going to consider putting you on the NFI for, from an injury. You have Jonathan Taylor responding and saying, I didn't have a back injury, still don't have a back injury, don't know what they're talking about. It is a high-stakes game of chicken, and both sides are testing this relationship very, very strongly. RC says there's a significant difference between not wanting to pay a running back top-tier money and threatening not to pay him at all in 2023. Agree 100%, and that's where this has the, the temperature on this has turned up a little bit. Because it's one thing to say we're not going to give you a contract extension to the tune of $16 million like you're asking. It's another thing to say, hey, we're going to put you on the NFI list from a back injury that you got that you suffered all the way back uh, during the offseason. And we're going to threaten to use that to not pay you at all for 2023. You won't be able to a- accrue a season, so you won't actually be a free agent at the end of this year. Uh, we'll have another year of control. And then, oh, by the way, we still got the franchise tag. There are There's a very different, two very different circumstances. And so... You'd like to think that there could be a meeting of the minds here, but I don't know if as we currently sit, there can be a meeting of the minds. I think this is too fresh. I think it's too raw. I think it's too hostile right now for this to become a situation that resolves itself quickly. What are the rules if you put a player on NFI and they say they aren't injured? Well, and I, I asked this. I asked this in the TD and Premium Discord. And I, listen, I don't like to toot my own horn because I make a ton of terrible predictions here on this show pretty regularly. Um, I, I would say I'm probably 50, 50 at best, but when the initial stuff started to come out, I said in the TD and premium discord, I said, this is going to get ugly. This was before the NFI stuff. This was before the, you know, 16, like, all, but before all of the recent ugliness of putting him on the NFI list, not paying him for this season, not letting him accrue the, accrue the year Taylor responding and saying, I was never hurt, never had a back injury. Don't know what you're talking about before all that. I said, this is going to get ugly. This is not going to be pretty. Because Jonathan Taylor feels as if, more so than Saquon Barkley and more so than Josh Jacobs, he feels like he is going to be the face of what has become the running back underpay issue in the National Football League. We kind of talked about it with Josh Jacobs. We kind of talked about it with Saquon Barkley. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to become the face of this issue in the National Football League. And so for Taylor B, you say, what are the rules of if they put him on NFI and they say they aren't injured? I mean, I guarantee you, if Jonathan Taylor believes that he is not hurt and does not have a back injury because of an offseason workout, the way the Colts would be claiming, then the NFLPA would be involved. And they would probably file a grievance that the Colts are misappropriating the NFI and it would have to be investigated by an independent arbiter. um, And it would play itself out. RC says, JT wasn't the face of the issue. He became it when Ursa made those comments. A hundred percent. I don't I mean, I don't think Jonathan Taylor has handled this perfectly. Um, and I don't think his agent maybe necessarily has handled this perfectly, but the Ursa comments is what is going to make Jonathan Taylor the face of this. Um, Heldi says, I th- if it was just that it is content presented a few days ago, I think it could, he could have still gotten paid with the situation as it is now. I don't see it happening. Look, we are in an era of football in 2023 players request trades all the time. All the time, they request trades. Buddha Baker, Jonah Williams. People request trades all the time. And then they just, they, they retract. Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler wanted out of the Chargers. He's back. He's playing. It's not. So the idea of Jonathan Taylor requesting a trade, I don't, I mean, it's news. You talk about it, but it's not earth shattering in 2023 when players are requesting trades all the time. But the trade request, in the grand scheme of the Ursay comments, and not just the original tweet back on the 26th, 27th, about the running back situation. But the, the tweet of, quote, if I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor is out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. We know that. The NFL rolls on. It doesn't matter who comes and who goes, and it's a privilege to be a part of it, end quote. Lamar, Tuttle says, requested a trade. I mean, yes. So it's not that. Oh, no, RC, we, we agree here. RC says, I agree with the trade request, but their owners didn't pour gasoline on the statements. Agreed. And that's why this is different. And if it was just a trade request, I don't think we'd be talking about it with, with this much um, attention being paid to it. With this being a, as big of a, 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 a spectacle as it is, right? But you add the trade request into the comments, into everything that's gone on with this position, this off season. It is just a perfect storm of events that has led us to this moment. Now,
1: we've got, a couple of different ways that this can go from this point. There is the idea that he gets traded, which Jim Irsay
0: says, not getting traded now, not getting traded in October, not getting traded ever. Let's, for just a second, put, take, take that cap off and put the cap on that is the Colts would trade Jonathan Taylor. There are a lot of issues trying to figure out what a Jonathan Taylor trade would look like. Here are the issues that I see presenting themselves. It's a one-year rental. Because let me ask the question to everybody sitting in here. Raul, Heldy, RC, Taylor B. Tuttle, Braden. Those of you listening at home in the podcast feed, I'm going to ask you this question. This is not a this is not a situation that is specific to Jonathan Taylor in the in the Indianapolis Colts. The running back position overall is vastly underpaid right now. Do you think
1: all of a sudden? A team is going to trade for Jonathan Taylor and give him $16 million a season? No. That doesn't seem likely. So, if you're trading for him, you're trading for a one year rental.
0: And you're trading for a one year rental of a guy that wants a new contract. So, it's going to become your problem. You're going to be in the same boat that Jim Ursay and the Colts are in. Maybe you'll handle it better. Maybe you won't make the comments that Jim Ursay made, but you will be in the same situation. That the Colts currently find themselves in. So that's problem number one with trying to find a trade partner. Problem number two is the trade matching up on the trade compensation. Because he's probably not going to be worth a ton because it's a one-year rental. And because the running back position is undervalued. Right now in the National Football League. Problem number three is find me a plethora of teams where this makes sense. Maybe the Bears. I mentioned the Cowboys behind the scenes. To Jamie as a potential option because they like splashiness at times. Maybe the Vikings because they don't have Dalvin Cook. The Dolphins are always going to be a team you're going to throw in the mix here. This is what got me into just heaps of arguments on Twitter over the weekend. Specifically on, what was it, Saturday night when all this went down. If the New York Jets are going to be interested in hosting Dalvin Cook. And interested in adding to the running back room. In the win now window that they're in. They should absolutely be calling up the Colts for Jonathan Taylor. No offense, Brees Hall. Sorry, buddy. But Jonathan Taylor available. You're in a win now window. You should be on that list. RC said the Bills. And th- th- those are the teams. Those are the teams that we have. And with a player of this caliber being available this late before the season, with this kind of context around it, I don't want to say impossible, and I don't want to say not going to happen, but it feels very, very improbable that a Jonathan Taylor trade will get done before the start of the season. I just don't sit here on July 31st with the calendar about to turn to August and us about to play preseason games that something can get done quick enough to where everybody wins here. I just don't see it. Now, I'm giving myself a little bit of an out where I said, I'm not going to call it impossible. I'm just going to say it's improbable. I just don't see it. And then to add on top of it the fact that the Colts are uninterested in trading him right now. And if they're going to go down this NFI route with the non-football injury list, which they have not done yet, let me make that clear, then they don't, maybe they don't feel a rush. Also, he's on the pup list right now because he's coming back from the knee injury. So that's the trade situation. That's one of these options. Option number two is these two sides work out a contract extension. I'm going to do another informal poll like I did with the last question. Anybody in the chat right now? Anybody listening to this podcast at home? Feel very strongly that these two sides are going to come to the, come to terms on a long-term contract extension as we sit right now? Now, it doesn't mean we can't get there at some point, but does anybody sit here right now as we sit end of July, about to start August? Feel very strongly that these two sides are going to come to a long-term deal? I know we'd like to see that happen. Raul says, I hope so. Heldy says, no, but I'm not ruling it out. I would agree with that sentiment. But as we sit here right now, that doesn't feel like a very
1: likely option. Is Jonathan Taylor going to sit out the season? That doesn't seem very likely. Le'Veon Bell would tell you that that's probably not uh, not a great idea. So let's rank these. Let's rank these in terms of likelihood. And it's weird to say, but I think an extension is the likeliest option here. Because I don't think
0: Jonathan Taylor is going to willingly sit out. If he's hurt, different story. I don't think he's going to
1: willingly sit out. I don't think a team is going to make a trade for Jonathan Taylor and pay the money
0: and pay the draft compensation and be able to turn that around in enough time for it to make sense.
1: And so we sit here, end of July, beginning of August, waiting. And to show you how bad it is, I saw this tweet this morning.
0: From uh, Ari Miriov, who pointed out something that I thought was really, really insightful, at least for me, to just show you where the situation is at. The Colts once allowed Andrew Luck to keep the entire $24.8 million that they could have recouped after he abruptly retired. To see them go to this measure with Jonathan Taylor is remarkable. This is two sides pissed off at each other with no signs
1: of improvement. and that shows you how bad this has gotten and how toxic this currently
0: is. Taylor B says, if JT were coming off a superb season, then maybe I could see him sitting out a few games, but he kind of has a little to prove this year. Well, he's got to show that he's healthy, right? Because his first two years, 1,000 yards, 1,800 yards last year, got close to 1,000 yards last year before he got hurt. So he has a, a decent enough track record, but I would largely agree, Taylor B, that he, he's not in a super great situation to where he can sit out, in comparison to a Saquon Barkley, who I think could absolutely make that point, and it would be very well heard, because he is a lot of what they do. And so we sit here, and I think an extension is the most likely option here. Because I just don't see... Because to me, if we get to the start of the year, and Jonathan Taylor is sitting out for one reason or another, I don't think that's good. I think then that tells me that this next month gets even worse. And this gets even more toxic. Now, I saw somebody mention it earlier that Jonathan Taylor, uh, that um, Jim Ursa, a very emotional owner, right? Um, Heldy says he's a very emotional owner. He gives a response from too much of an involved fan perspective. And I wonder if at some point for Jim, a cooler head can prevail here and that that can be what gets the two sides back to the drawing board, get back to the negotiating table and they can figure this out but this is not a great situation and i feel right now that this could turn in this could turn on a dime and get worse or it can turn on a dime and get better it can go either way heldy the colts uh, have made it very clear that they want to see how the players up for new deals play under the new si- system jt is not the special exception to this right and, and they they can choose they can choose to operate this way. But when the running back position has kind of been trampled over the last couple of off seasons and specifically in this off season, it's going to put that theory to the test. It is going to put that that rule, it is going to put that philosophy to the test because the, the running backs don't trust the GMs and the owners right now. And specifically in the Colts case, they want to see more before they choose to go down this road. And I said this in the TD and premium discord. I think it was yesterday. Might've been late Saturday night, but the thing that would frustrate me, if I was Raul, if I was you healthy. I know for you, the Colts is a secondary uh,
1: fan experience. You've got, you have got a very exciting quarterback prospect who, by the way, just had
0: surgery, but appears to be okay on his nose and everything seems to be fine. You've got an exciting head coaching prospect you've got an exciting 2023 draft class that everyone is raving about. You've got a lot of pieces that this sh- show thinks very highly of. Michael Pittman Jr. being atop that list. We really believe in
1: what the Colts have been putting together. I think Julius Brent's going to be one of the top corners in the division. The top corner on the team.
0: Going to make a case to be one of the top corners in football. I, 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 that's what I believe about Julius Brent's. Everyone on this show knows how I feel about him. They've got Josh Downs. They drafted Anthony Richardson. They've got Jonathan Taylor. There should be a lot of buzz. There should be a lot of excitement around this team. And yet it feels like we can't even get close to discussing that right now. That that's not even remotely near what is the topic of conversation. RC says there's only one franchise tag and both Pittman Taylor are unrestricted free agents. Well, that's, yeah, that's the other thing. But I think I see the Pittman Taylor situation going very similarly Assuming that they can work this out very similarly to what the Daniel Jones Saquon Barkley situation. Where they well, they extend one and they tag the other. They might be able to get it done quicker with Pittman, right? They might be able to or they might get a Taylor extension done here in the next couple of weeks and then they just have the franchise tag for Pittman or they can choose to extend him, right? But I see it going very similarly. Pittman would be crazy to sign an extension now, wide receivers get paid in free agency. Depends on what they're offering him. I I think I largely agree, but if they're giving
1: him an offer that he can't refuse, and it sets himself up for life. How do you not? How do you not go down
0: this road? So uh, those are my thoughts here on the Jonathan Taylor situation. I think it's ugly. Uh, my, my hunch is it doesn't it, it gets worse before it gets better, unfortunately. but if I had to power rank the options, I think it's extension, trade sit out. I think sitting out would be just like the the last option. I just don't see it happening. Uh, Pittman, Pierce, Downs, and Marvin Harrison Jr. would be such a firewire shooter. That's I like that. This is the, the 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 note we're ending the show on. My guy, Raul, out here just shooting for the stars, baby. Just shooting for the stars with Marvin Harrison Jr. Raul, we missed you, buddy. We're glad that you're back here on the show. I wish it was under better circumstances, but you're ending it here on a great note, discussing that you want Marvin Harrison Jr. on the Indianapolis Colts, going shooting for the stars, big picture. I love it. That's that's the kind of note that we wanted to end this show on so that is going to do it for us here on this edition of the show we are back into prospect mode tomorrow unless anything major happens here uh with this situation uh jj mccarthy going to be the subject of conversation we actually have a full schedule planned for this week uh jj mccarthy tomorrow cam Moore on wednesday a to be determined episode on thursday and then on friday i believe we are going to watch Tulane quarterback uh, michael pratt Uh, So those are going to be uh, the three quarterbacks this week and everything else that happens uh, throughout the week we will discuss here as well. But that's going to do it for us here. Please rate, review, subscribe, share the show. We greatly do appreciate it. Join us over on the YouTube side of things. You see how much fun we have over there Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can join us there. If you can't catch us live, but you want to see the video version of the show, just go over to the Draft Network YouTube channel, click on the live tab, all of, Uh, The the previous shows that we've done here on YouTube are there for you to consume. Uh, Leave a comment, hit the like button, subscribe, turn on the notification bell. You guys know the drill by now. But that is going to do it for us here on the Monday edition of the show. We are back into our prospect breakdowns tomorrow. Hope you all have a fantastic rest of your Monday. We'll talk with you all later.